Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. A couple things that I want to remind you of. Uh, numero uno, that's Spanish for one in case you didn't know. Uh, numero uno, um, this Friday we are going to be hanging out at Kate's Skating Rink. Uh, we're going to hang out this week. Um, I don't know where my lovely wife went, when if she's still in this room. Um, she, she's somewhere else. Uh, can, can someone, because I'm bad at this and I don't remember, can someone remind me what time are we meeting there? Seven to 10. Thank you so much for knowing more than I know. Seven to 10, uh, you got to get your own ride. Um, we're going to be abiding by whatever Kate Skating Rink uh, is asking us to do with social distancing and masks, which I don't think it's super restrictive. Um, you got to get a liability release form. So if you want to come, we'll have some there. Um, but uh, it'd be so helpful if you went online and you registered. Uh, you can register for that. Go into our social media or going online. Um, secondly, and uh, we're, we're going to get into this in just a minute, but tonight, someone say tonight. Uh, you may not know this, but tonight at 6 p.m., uh, we started something uh, here in the Student Center. We started officially our Connect Groups and our discipleship. And um, if you don't know what that is, Connect Groups are basically, we're doing small groups before church, 6 p.m. We are gathering together. Uh, we're going through some material, and we're kind of asking God, God, help us to grow. Um, I know not everybody can do that because there's people that are in sports and clubs and whatnot. Um, but I would just encourage you, God desires for everyone to grow. Like, just because you busy at 6 p.m. doesn't mean God doesn't want you to still grow. And so I would encourage you, if you're like, hey, I can't be here at 6 p.m., um, that you come find me tonight. Uh, you come find one of our leaders and say, hey, I can't be here at 6, but like, I, I, I want to grow in the things that, that we're doing. And uh, we will get you one of these nifty notebooks. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in here that's kind of helping us intentionally lean into God. And um, we'll set up the opportunity for you to get one of these and then also to be going through this with someone even though you can't be here at 6 p.m. Make sense? All right, last but not least, and then we're going to open the Bible. Um, so does anybody remember the, uh, I don't know what we call it. Was it, it's not the bet, but um, the thing that we said the last time we were here about my Halloween costume. And anybody remember this? Uh, I don't know who came up with this, but we made a determination that we were going to allow LYC to vote on a Halloween costume that me and Jenny must wear. Uh, I'm telling you that because we have not determined what the vote shall be yet, uh, but heads up tonight on social media at some point, tonight or tomorrow, uh, Pearl Peak is all of our social media is going to be posting something. And so make sure you participate and vote. And so you, um, I don't know what you just said, um, so that uh, you can can vote to know what we're going to wear. Someone said, what, what's, what's the name Jojo what? I don't even know who that is. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not dressing up like JoJo Sisu Sisa. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, that sounds like, like a girl. I'm not doing that. So uh, find something better. Hey, tonight, uh, go with me real quick. Uh, open up your Bible with me to Romans chapter 12. You got a Bible, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Uh, look at your neighbor while we're turning there and say, bring your Bible to church. Come on, tell him. Say, get a Bible, bring your Bible to church. Hey, I, I, I want to give kind of a, a disclaimer tonight. And here, here's the disclaimer that, that, that I want to give. Um, I feel very passionate um, and, and I feel very serious tonight about the things that we're going to talk about. And let, let me tell you why. Uh, full, full disclaimer, um, everything that is in this book, I, I just happen to believe. 
Uh, we are a church and we are a people that we believe there is a God. He is a good God. He is a real God. And he only desires good for our lives. Bible says in John 10, 10, that there is an enemy and his only desire is to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come literally not to give us rules, not to give us regulations, not to put us in like church. Sir. Jesus has come that we may have life to the full, that from the inside out, our soul, would experience joy and fulfillment and satisfaction, that we would have life and life abundantly in every single area. And, and I say that because we're going to begin tonight talking about our need to, to grow and how it is that we grow in relationship with God. And here, here's what I want to preface. And, and if you're like, you've already decided, bro, I had a long day. I'm about to fall asleep in five minutes. Like, don't fall asleep until I'm done saying this and then like your choice, you can snooze. But, but here's what I just want you to know. When, when I say the word grow, growing up as a pastor's kid, my dad was a pastor. I got pastors all in my family. Growing up as a pastor's kid, when I heard the word grow, this is what I thought. I thought military. Okay, I gotta grow. I gotta be more serious, be more disciplined, be more diligent. Stop slacking off and you, you, and like, I just, I had this connotation like, all right, I, I know, I know, I know. It's time for me to stop having fun and grow. But, but looking in, in, in the Bible, that's not actually what, what, what growing means. And I want to say that because as we begin tonight to talk about our need to grow, I would just say, maybe look at it with a fresh perspective. And if that's you and you go, okay, I don't like, honestly, I'm, I'm 17, I'm really enjoying high school right now, um, and I'm not really interested in being more disciplined and diligent. Like That's not on my agenda. I, I would just say pause for a second and recognize growth has nothing to do with you getting it together, but really growth has everything to do with you discovering the real you. You, you don't need to backpack to Europe for six months to discover the, the real you. The Bible says we've all been created in the image of God. Book of Genesis, we've all been created in the image of God. And sin, sin kind of messed up that equation. H have you ever like at the worst possible time gotten a giant pimple? Like at the worst possible time, it's like, no, 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 no. Today is my senior picture. Like not now, Uncle Henry on my nose. Like this is not the right. S sin messed up the equation. And, and from, 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 from Adam and Eve until now, all of humanity has been grasping going, how do I discover and feel like, like I, I'm, I'm really who I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm, I'm really the person that, that I was created to be. And the Bible says the whole reason Jesus came, Jesus came not again to give us rules and regulation. Jesus came to help us rediscover who we were really created to be to reconnect us to the truest version of ourself that we may experience life and life to the full. So I just want to preface that and say, as we begin talking about growing tonight, before you get like turned off and you go, ah, no, I'm good. I'm not into more. Okay, we'll, we'll hold up for a second and, and let, let's consider that what Jesus means when he says grow, he doesn't mean get better at church. He doesn't mean get better at rules and regulation and religion. What he means is, hey, help me to, or let me help you to, to become more like me so you can recover and discover actually the truest version of yourself. That being said, Romans chapter 12, verse two, we're gonna talk about tonight. How do we begin to grow? 
We read this scripture a lot. And so I know that maybe you feel like you already know it, but um, just in case you don't, uh, let's read this again and listen to what Paul is saying. Paul says this, he says, and do not, someone say, do not, do not, and do not be conformed to this world. Do, do not become an imitator of or be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or you may know is really what that word means. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Just, just real, real quick, Paul, by a show of hands, anybody besides from me, you would really like to know what God's will is for your, for, for your life. Like if you could get some clarity on that, you'd be like, yo, I would actually love some clarity because I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing with my life? The Bible goes, hey, don't be conformed to the power of this world, but be transformed by renewing and changing your, your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, that you may know what God's good, perfect, acceptable will is. If you're taking notes, um, I titled this sermon, tonight. Um, only so much that I can do. Only so much that I can do. And I'm going to talk about tonight how when it comes to changing, when it comes to growing, when it comes to making progress, which by the way, maybe you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, Brandon, I actually get invited by a friend. I don't really buy into the whole Jesus thing. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. And, and I'll just say that even if you're, you're not bought into the whole Jesus thing, that what we're talking about tonight actually can bring practical application because when it comes right down to it, when it comes to changing and growing, there's only so much that we can do. That there's only so much I can do until something else has to, has to help me get, get over that hump, if you will. Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. And then we're going to jump into the scripture. God, tonight, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, God, that you did not leave us here on this earth with, without a guide. You, we're going to read it tonight, but you've literally given us your word to not just teach us how to live, but guide and instruct every single step that we take. God, help us tonight to hear your voice. We do not need to hear my voice. We don't need the voice of a preacher. We need the voice of God. So Holy Spirit, speak clearly to every heart. Help us tonight to be focused and to lean into what you're saying. And God, I pray tonight, game one of the NBA finals, if nobody else cares, I don't care. Bless the Lakers. Would we beat who we play? Would we beat the Heat in the name of Jesus? And would Jimmy Buckler go home tonight crying in Jesus' name? Everybody said, "Amen, Amen." Um, just quick question: Have you ever got stuck before because you didn't know what to do? Like you, you ever got stuck before? Like you just like I don't. I'm. 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 Um, I've been stuck on an, on a number of uh, of occasions. Um, one time I got stuck. So so true story. I ran a marathon like five years ago. And um, I wasn't intending on running a marathon, but some friends of mine were like, hey, let's run every day. And so by the time I knew, it's like, well, we just ran 20 miles. Let's do a marathon. So I ran a marathon. But after I ran that marathon, um, for, for like a solid two years, I thought I was like a superhero. Like, did I, did I ever run again after? No. Did I keep training? No. Did I keep conditioning or eat healthy? No. But in my mind, I'm like, bro, I ran a flipping marathon. Like I can, like I'm, I'm a boss. I can do whatever I want. And so I, I, I would do this stupid stuff where it's, it'd be like a month. Like I haven't ran at all, haven't conditioned. And I go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna hit a quick 10 miles. And um, on more than one occasion, I would get halfway into my 10 mile run 
or whatever I was trying to do. And I would be so gassed and I would feel like I wanted to die. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, that show, The Office. I'm not recommending it. But when Michael Scott runs a 5K and he eats a ton of fettuccine and he's laying on the side of the road, like crying, I would feel like that. And on more than one occasion, I would call my, like I got married so my wife would help me and love me. And I would call my wife and I'd be like, babe, I'm stuck. I can't make it back. And I swear to you, every time she would go, it's your fault, idiot. And she wouldn't pick me up. And so I would have to call my mom. Like, how embarrassing. I'm like 30. And I'm like, mom, would you please come pick me up? I'm on Gold Hill. I'm over by like the, the heart. I just, I need it. And so I, this true story. But, but sometimes I've gotten stuck because I just, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not very handy. Anybody, are you handy? Like my brother-in-law, Caleb, is super handy. Mike, you're handy. Anybody else, like you're handy. You can, I'm not handy. So currently, this may be too much to handle. If you throw up, I apologize. But currently, our upstairs bathroom is disgusting. And I don't mean disgusting because we don't clean. I mean disgusting because our toilet is so clogged. I don't know what you're thinking, Garrett Jones. Let's use a plunger. Like, we tried a plunger, bro. And, and I even got a snake. And I tried to snake that bad boy, and it will not unclog. And to make matters worse, one of my kids, it's like, Brandon, your kids are five, four, and two, like, we should have locked the door. One of my kids dropped a deuce in there last night. And so now not only is my toilet clogged, but there is that in there. And um, it's disgusting. Like, I, don't, I, I literally don't know what to do. Like other than like, like I'm, I'm going to call a plumber. I'm getting to that. But it's like, I'm on my own. I'm stuck. Thank you for ruining the punchline, bro. Gosh. Um, like I'm, I'm stuck because I literally am like, like my wife was mad at me. She's like, Brandon, How'd you let this happen? I'm like, how'd I let it happen? I plunged that bad boy for like 15 minutes and I snaked that thing for like 35. It's not, I don't know, I'm stuck. I tell you that because maybe you can relate. I have felt like that on more than one occasion on the inside where I actually want to change. I actually want to be different. Like, I, I, I think we should probably give all of each other a little more credit because what we do a lot of times is we recognize one another's faults. We recognize one another's inadequacy. And whether we say it to, to, to someone's face or we say it to a friend, we definitely think, think it on the inside sometimes. Like, gosh, like, dude, like, they, like did, did they not realize, like, they need to get it together? But, but here's the reality. I think that way before we point the finger at someone, they need to change. They're probably well aware they need to change. Like, I'm, I don't want to get, like, political. But did anybody watch the disaster of the debate last night? It was, if you didn't watch it, like, please, right now, give glory to Jesus that you did not have to endure that. But, but like, here, here's, here, here's my thought. As I'm preparing this sermon, here, here's my thought. Everyone is blasting both candidates for how absolutely absurd they sounded last night. But, but here's my thought. I know for a shadow, like, without a shadow of a doubt, that each one of those candidates, we'll just say especially one of them with orange skin and orange hair, went home and was like, like, I need to do better. Like, there's no way that this particular individual doesn't realize, man, when I just start talking loudly and in, like, I just, I, I, but, but why is it that we can recognize I need to change? I do not like this pattern in my life. But am I the only one that has things in my life that I'm not happy with? areas that I wish were different, things that I want to change, areas that I'm like, man, I want to grow. I want to change, but I feel stuck. And I feel stuck because 
I don't exactly know what else to do because I've tried everything that there is to do and, um, and I, I, I haven't changed. Insert Romans chapter 12, verse two. Paul goes, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to take like five minutes and then then I'm going to give you some points tonight. I want to take five minutes and I want to explain to you. I want to help you to understand the picture Paul's painting. First, you got to know this. When, When Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, here's what he's not saying. He's not saying, don't you dare shop at Hot Topic. That place is dark. Don't you, don't you dare wear that, those kind of clothes. Hold on, hold on, don't you? I heard you talking, Paul's not talking about behavior. Paul's not necessarily talking about what you do or what you don't do. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about the way you think. Can I ask you a question? The way you think, the way you process your existence on this planet and how you live life, what, what is it most compelled by? It, is it most compelled by what God's word has said and how God's word is changing you? Or is it most compelled by, yo, this is just like, this is the way it is. Be, because this world, this word world, it doesn't actually mean this physical planet. Paul's not going, hey guys, listen, don't live like people on this earth. It actually doesn't even mean people. He, he, he's not, See, we read this verse and we're like, all right, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Who do I know that is really worldly? Oh, Johnny, for sure. Yeah, in my math class, the guy, like, I don't want to say he's a lost cause, but let's just say if I invited him to church, the whole place would explode. He's the, it's not a comparison game. The word world is a word that's describing the mentality or the way of thinking about life. This is a really interesting verse, and I don't remember if I put it in in the notes or not, but there's a scripture in the Bible, and this is what it says. The whole world, someone say whole world. The whole world's thinking system is influenced or swayed, persuaded by the evil one. Did you know that there's not neutral? There's not like, oh, bro, whoa, this, like, that's dark, this is super Christian, Disney Channel, like 91.9, New Life, like this is good. And this is just, no, there, there's no neutral. The Bible goes, hey, right down the middle, there's either the, the ways of God or there are the ways of the world. And the Bible says the whole world, the way of thinking and perceiving, it's swayed by the, by the evil one. Anybody besides for me, you get a kick in the summertime out of pushing people into pools. Like, I, I, like, I'm like, bro, you're 32 years old, grow up. You grow up. But to this day, like, if, if my wife is close to the pool, I'm like, Evelyn, what? Like, I, I'm compelled to, it, it's that nudge. Bible goes, the whole world, actually. Just so you know, it is nudged by the evil one. The one whose only desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. The, the, the one who... 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be aware because he's looking for every opportunity to devour your life. And by the way, that's not just like disaster. That, that's just help, helping you to get in a certain pattern and direction and, and way that, that is heading towards disaster. So Paul goes, don't, don't allow your thinking don't, don't allow your mindset to be conformed, Romans 12, 2, to the pattern of 
this world, but listen to this, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Interesting. Paul says, do you want to change? Do do, do you want to to be different? Do you want to become more like, here's what you do. Don't try harder. Am I the only one who you've made New Year's resolutions you didn't keep? Am I the only one that you've made definitive lines in the sand that you, you didn't follow? Like, like, don't you judge me. How, how dare you judge me before I even say this? Um, I, I got super excited um, when I realized that there was 100 days left in 2020. I'm like, something about that number, 100 days. Like, what? that is such a clean, distinct 100 days. And I wrote like five things in my journal. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into 2021. I literally, I wrote a hashtag in my journal. How much of a loser am I? I get it. But I'm like, hashtag, no need for new year. This is my hashtag. I'm like, bro, who needs new year's resolutions? Nah, bro, we're going to be on top of the game. No need for new year. And I wrote five things I want to do differently. hundred days, hundred days. I'm going to crush it. One of them was like, I'm going to read a chapter of a book every day because I'm, and can I tell you how many chapters I've read of a book? Zero. But Paul goes, no, no, you want to change. Don't try harder. Wait, what, what do you mean? How am I going to change if I don't start trying harder? How am I going to change if I don't start like trying to do and be better? He says, no, 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 no. You got to realize that change starts within. You got to realize that your whole life is lived from the inside out. And so if you want to change You have to start by renewing or washing or cleaning or cleansing your your thinking. Did you know that your thinking controls everything? The way you think, the way you perceive, the way you view life, it is dictating and determining right now everything about your life. The, The priorities you have, the decisions you're making, the environments you're putting yourself in, the way you perceive life. Like, I'll I'll prove it to you. Simple stuff. Like, how how, how do you think about money? You're like, I don't know because I don't have any. I wish I had some. If you had some, how do you think about money? Because when when I'm reading the Bible, the Bible goes, hey, when when, when you get money, when you get your paycheck or your grandma Florence brings you your birthday $100 bill, the first thing you should do with it is take it and give 10% back to me as a way of saying, God, I recognize that everything I have is from you and I will honor you with 10%. It's called tithe, with 10% of what you've given me. And the Bible goes, you honor God with the first, God will bless the rest. But, but I think that way. I, like I, my mind, my thinking has been changed. And so when I think about money, I go, well, hold up. Well, we just got paid. Let's, let's first bring, but not everyone thinks that. And if you don't think that way, then you won't behave. It's all about thinking. And so here's what the Bible says. Renew your mind. I'll give you three thoughts tonight and then we're going to be done very quickly. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Transformation happens through the word of God. Transformation happens through the word of God. Let me just put you up on game real quick. If you have no place in your life for God's word, you have no hope of ever changing. If you have no place in your life for God's word, you have no chance 
ever changing. Well, why is it? Let me read you two scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Listen to what it says. It says, all scripture, cover to cover, front to back, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. In other words, it's God breathed. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, it's profitable to teach you and show you and help you to know what God's will is. And it says in verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Have you ever showed up somewhere before and you didn't have what you need? Like uh, this past week, I, um, I drove all the way to the grocery store, all the way, it's like five minutes. Let's, let's not be dramatic, Brandon. I drove five minutes to the grocery store. I got in the grocery store. I got all my groceries. And then I went to the register and I realized, do you guys take IOUs? Because I don't have, I, I left my wallet at home. It sucks getting somewhere not having what you, you need. And the Bible says all of God's words inspired so that you can be complete, whole, equipped for everything God has for you. Listen to Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Listen to this. It says, for the word of God is, is living. And let me just, let, let me hone in on this for a second. What do you mean it's alive? Like, are you saying like, to, like Toy Story, which by the way, is one of my all-time favorite movie collections. Toy Story is amazing. Are you saying like, like, like Toy Story, like if, like when I leave the room, my Bible gets legs and my Bible starts like, like not, not in, in, in a physical sense, but how many of you like me, you're obsessed with texting? Anybody? Like, cool, two people, awesome. Thanks for the engagement, I appreciate it. Um, like, I love texting. Like, I would, if you call me, I might decline your call and text you back. That's just real talk. I might be like, ah, hey man, what, I, I love to text. And if, if Garrett Jones, 2004, if Garrett were to text me, which he often does, um, if Garrett were to text me, I know because Garrett is alive. The man's wearing a cowboy hat for God's sake. The man is living his best life. Because Garrett is alive, what do I know? That while these are words on a screen, they're living words because Garrett is alive. When, when I get a text, I know these words are speaking real time because they are living, because they're coming from, because God is alive. Because God is not fake. He's not made up. He's because God is living because God is real. His word speaks today. You know, what's crazy about God's word is when let's just someone yell at me a, a random scripture, just come on someone, just random scripture. John three sixteen. Did you know that when God inspired the, 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 the author John to write John three sixteen, that he knew you would be reading John 3.16 on a random Tuesday in December. And he knew when you were reading that verse on a random Tuesday in December, exactly what you'd be going through, exactly the pressure and the stress you'd be under, exactly what would be happening. And he put something within that word to speak to you real time. God's word is not precepts. God's word is not just dead. God's word is living. And every time we read it, the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living, it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of your heart. I heard someone say it this way, and I would like, this is, this is like quote worthy. 
They, they said, when you read the Bible, the Bible is actually reading you. Just remember every time you open them through, when I read the Bible, I'm not just reading the Bible. The Bible, God through his word is opening up my heart and is speaking directly to every area that needs to be dealt with. If you're taking notes, write this down, thought number two tonight, that change, it happens through the word of God because time in God's word is time with God. That's pretty redundant, Brandon. That's pretty, like, it, you, you could have worked a little harder on the sermon today and thought of a better, no, 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 like, let's think about it. Time in God's word is not my cute devotional time. Hey, kids, did you, did you do your devotionals this week? Did you, did you turn the soft piano instrumental music on and light a candle and do your, do your devo- we, we think about the Bible a lot of times, like, yeah, it's just like, like I just like, you know, do like, cool, I read a scripture. And, but, but because God's word is living and inspired, when I sit down and open up the Bible, I'm not sitting down to read a book. I'm sitting down to have a conversation and to spend time with God. Can I I read you scripture? Psalm 119, listen to this. It says in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Okay, super Christian kid over here. Oh, how I love the Bible. Well, hold up. He says, because you, someone say you. Because you, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies for they're ever with me. What, what is the author saying? The author is saying, God, I, I love your word. But it's not really because I'm into the whole church thing. God, I, I love your word not because I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a better person. I love your word because when I sit down, it is you who actually sits down with me and speaks to me. I heard, heard someone give this example one time. They, they said, if... If, if you were aspiring to, to, to be a basketball player, anybody, you play basketball? Anybody, like a couple people? If you're aspiring to be a basketball player and um, you're, you were sitting at the YMCA and Michael Jordan walked in, do you know who Michael Jordan is? Anybody knows who Michael Jordan is? I feel like every time I use an example, it's like, oh my gosh, you're so old. Who is that? Like, do you, like, do you even know who Brian McKnight is? Probably not. Um, but they said, it, it's like if Michael Jordan walked in, he goes, hey, hey, bro, I've been watching you you have real potential. I, I, I wanna make you an offer. Um, for the next year, I will meet you every single morning right here at this YMCA at 6 a.m. And I will give you two hours of my time for the next year, 365 days. And I will personally coach you, and mentor you, and help you reach your fullest potential as a basketball player. The guy telling the story said, so do you think if you're an aspiring basketball player, do you think you take him up on his offer? This is the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. And he, he says that he sees potential in me and he's gonna spend hours with me every single day to personally coach. Yes, bro, it could be 3 a.m. I'm in. Guy telling the story. By the way, at this point, I'm like, Hook, line, and sinker, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Honestly, like, I, I feel like I could probably make it to the league. I mean, I know I'm not 
that tall, but I feel like I'm leaning in like, 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 can you imagine? He said, so question, why is it that when the creator of the universe speaks the same thing, that we snub our nose at him? Because you do realize that is the invitation, right? The the invitation is is not for for God to go, okay, bring me Gabriel, bring me my clipboard, all right? Joseph was spending time with me today. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the scripture. And uh, Matthew and ooh, 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 Isaiah DeBanka. I see he was uh, doing a little skateboarding. Didn't uh, give me the quiet, okay, the, the invitation is God going, hey, I have wired you with potential and purpose. I am yearning on the inside. Like, do, do you know why I freak out when my kids run in the street? Do you know why I flip out when my two-year-old son who needs salvation desperately runs in a parking lot? It's not because I'm like, oh, gosh, this kid's so disobedient. Why, why, do I, why do I flip out? Because what do I want for my son? Only good things. What do I want for my son? Only protection. And bl- why is it that we are not allowing our kids to eat ice cream and gummy bears? For, because what, what, what do we desire for our... God, God is not in... Like he's not keeping tally, by the way, of your performance. There is not a tally sheet in heaven. Good day, bad day. Good day, <laughs> exceptional day. Went to church and raised your hands. Kudos, like there's no tally sheet. The invitation is God going, God, I want so badly for you to experience life and joy and fulfillment. I want so badly for you to live out the full plan and potential that I wired you with. I want so badly to save you from heartbreak. I want so badly to save you from despair and wondering. I, 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 I only want good things for you. And so what does he do? He, he calls us. Hey, can, 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 can we talk? Can can we sit down and through my word, can we have a conversation? And can I not teach you rules and regulations and print, but can we sit down and, and can I personally be your coach and be your mentor? And can I help you become everything I created you to be so I can be pleased? Come on. If we are still working and trying to earn and deserve God's approval, then sirens, stop. Good transition, right? Yeah, I'm a professional, it's fine. Um, if, if we're still trying to earn God's, like we missed it. We, if you have given your life to Jesus, it's settled. You are forever the beloved son and daughter of God in whom God's well pleased. God's not trying to get you to be better. God desires for you to be the fullest version of you. The author writes, Gosh, I love the Bible. I love God's word because God, it's not a flipping book. It's you who sit down with me 
and teach me and train me and help me. If you're taking those, write this down. Point number three, and Kimbo, you can come and play, and we're going to close. But point number three, how is it, how is it that, that God meets with me through the person of his Holy Spirit? There's a scripture in John chapter 16. We won't really study it, but, but Jesus is speaking, and, and Jesus says this. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. Have you ever been dumped before? I know, it's a touchy subject. Happened yesterday, I, I, that sucks. Um, but like, have you ever, maybe you've never experienced a breakup, but have you ever been dumped before and the person tried to pull the line, honestly, honestly, this is really for, for your best. I will stab you right now. I will, I, I'm a dog person and I will kick your puppy, bro. Are you kidding me? This is the scene because Jesus pulled 12 dudes away from their livelihood. Hey guys, follow me. We're going to change the world. And for three years, they're like, bro, like I know I had a killer job at Bank of America, but I'm so glad that I put in my resignation because life with Jesus, it's amazing. People are getting healed. The dead are being raised and we're about to take over the world. And here's what Jesus goes. Hey guys, big news, big announcement. I'm leaving. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm going back to heaven. It's been a wild ride here on earth, but I'm going back to the throne. Wait, like, can, can you imagine? You're leaving me? Are you kidding me? He says, nevertheless, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. Because right now I'm with you. Like right now we're walking shoulder to shoulder. Right now I'm here in, in tangible physical form and I'm with you, but, but if I go away, I'm gonna send the helper. I'm gonna send my spirit and no longer will I just be next to you, I will be within you. And from the inside out, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. My presence will be with you until the day that we are together again in, in heaven. How in the world, Brandon, do I like spend time with God? That's, that's weird, bro. Like, you, like, like, do you make a placemat for him? No, no, no. I, I spend time with God because God's given me the gift of his Holy Spirit. All right, I got three minutes because we ended at 15. So indulge me for, th- for, for three minutes. And let me just share with you my testimony. Um, can anybody tell I'm a little bit passionate about this subject? Um, here's why I'm passionate. I'm a pastor's kid. What does that mean? I spent a lot of time in church growing up. Um, I, every church service, every camp, like I was like, we literally for a while, we lived in a house on church property. Like that's how much of a pastor's kid I am. Um, but, but I grew up disconnected from God. Probably like some people in this room, it's like, yeah, yeah I'm like, I've been here my whole life. But, but you're not actually connected. You're not, you're not actually following its, this whole thing is, it, it's a play. This, this is theater. Hey, I come in, do the motions, like I, like I totally got it down. You clap on the fast songs, raise your hands on the slow songs, and make a constipated face when it gets really intense. Like, it's, it's you'll, you'll catch up pretty soon. It's, it's theater. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I say the right things, I go through the motions. That, that was me. When I was 18 years old, I was a senior in high school, and God radically 
met me one night in Washington, D.C. At, at a church conference that I was at with my parents. And I came home and I felt stuck. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to be this way anymore. God, I want to change. I don't, I'm so sick of this life. How do I, how do I change? And I, I don't, I don't remember if it was like a pastor or I don't remember, but all the, but I, all I know is I realized how much God loved me. And I realized how much God desired to meet with me. And, and like something happened where it became so real to me that I realized, hold up, every time I sit down and I open my Bible and I say, God, speak to me, he shows up. He shows up at Starbucks. He shows up in my bedroom and he begins to speak to me and talk to me and help me. And, and, and I became so obsessed that I, I wasn't thinking about making sure I, may, I, I read my Bible every day. I was thinking about, oh man, I, like, I hope I don't miss because like if I miss, like what if I miss something he wants to say to me? Because he, here I was, 18 years old, stuck, stuck. I want to change. I want to be different. I don't know how to do that, though. That's the title of my sermon. Only, there's only so much I can do. And I had to come to a point that I realized there's actually only so much that I can do. Caspian, you, you kind of ruined my, my punchline, but I forgive you. Here, here, here's my punchline. Um, do, do you know why I'm going to call a plumber? Because I'm stuck. Do, do, do you know what me calling a plumber will entail? Me calling a plumber will entail this. Hey, thank you so much for showing up. You have full access. The bathroom's upstairs. Help. Do, do you know what reading the Bible is? All it is, is opening up the door of your heart and saying, God, you have full access to my heart. There's only so much I can do. So change my mind change my thinking. Help me to see you and life and the world the way that you have designed it so that I can know what is your good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I can be exactly who you have called and created me to be. Would you close your eyes by your hands? We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.